Hey everyone, welcome to Removing the Plank podcast. Today we are starting a new series that I'm hoping is going to have several episodes in it. It's Women in Motorsports and I'm welcoming my friend Renee. Hi Renee. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> no, it's, it's a pleasure. Um, thanks for coming today. Uh, I thought you would be a great guest to start the series with um, because, you know, you're my friend in the first place and, and uh, you, you are quite involved into uh, motorsport scene you're organizing things uh, I mean you're organizing events uh, you're driving at events so I'm really happy that uh, you're here and I have lots of questions to ask you cool <laughs> so um, we are going to start with a very simple question uh, for you today it's who is Renee do you want to introduce yourself to the audience that's probably the hardest question <laughs> who is Renee well if you ask most people who know me um, I'm very food driven. I get hangry if you don't feed me. In fact, um, I'm not very good at driving in the morning, so <laughs> I'm often found stuffing food in my helmet. So food driven, caffeine driven, um, and I'm really passionate about drifting. But yeah, I think that's about me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's that's a good presentation. And I know we you love food. I remember recently we went to a delicious restaurant uh, with friends of us, and like <laughs> the food was amazing. And we were like, we have to stop eating now. <laughs> I know some people tell me that not every meal can be an experience, but I am literally every meal planning my next meal. I want every meal to be great, and and I'll cry. <laughs> if it isn't good. So that sounds a bit dramatic, but yes, I will cry if my food isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I can relate. Um, well, then, w would you like to tell us a little bit about your background? And by this, I mean, um, uh, what what got you uh, in into motorsport, uh, and and what were you doing before being involved uh, in motorsports, if that's relevant at all? Um, so my voice is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> dying okay um so I'm an only child I don't have any brothers or any men in my life that had cars and uh, growing up so I really can't remember I, I remember um, my first car was a bright orange Cordia turbo so anyone who knows about drifting knows their front wheel drive so you cannot drift them <laughs> um and I really liked driving that through the Adelaide Hills because there's some great roads and I think I must have just stumbled upon someone who went Front wheel drives aren't good enough, Renee. You need a rear wheel drive car. So I bought my first ever rear wheel drive car, which is a Nissan 200SX. And that is um, almost 20 years ago now. And I still have it. Wow. Uh, and then some people saw that car and said, you need to come and experience drifting. So back almost 20 years ago, drifting was a very different sport. It, there was money in it. So there was a, a national series and um, everyone who was driving it, they were male usually. They had hundred dollars to $200,000 cars. They had sponsors. They were in proper race suits. And I remember watching it thinking, that's really cool, but that's not something I would ever do. It seemed um, a really long way from any sort, sort of thing I was capable of. It seemed technical, it seemed fast, it seemed scary. So to fast forward to now, it being something that I'm doing, it, I just could never have imagined that. Um, mm. But I do also owe it to females who encouraged me to do it because, yeah, to be honest, it's a male-dominated sport. It seemed really scary and I would not have given it a go if it wasn't for female support. Mm. How many females were involved, like, because you just mentioned them when, when you were trying to enter the scene and everything like that? So back in the mid 2000s, I remember there was maybe one female, her name's Kelly Wong. She's still around and she's fantastic. Um, but she really had to become one of like the boys 
girls, if that mm. makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. um, and that was pretty much it. I think there was a, a woman called Kat. She might have been from Victoria. I can't even remember because I never remember seeing – yeah, I just didn't meet them, <laughs> didn't see them. And so um, now we've got a All Ladies Drift Day coming up this Friday and we've got 25 women coming and, and I love that it's grown to that's a regular thing. We try and have at least two event, events a year and we get at least 20 females. So I think that's great. That's awesome. Actually, um, that was a, a question for later, but we can actually talk about it now. So it's called the Glitter glitter Gang, is that correct? <laughs> yes. I did not come up with the name because I actually really dislike glitter. Um, I don't know if you've ever gone to bed wearing glitter, so ask me why I did, but I remember being haunted by the glitter for years and years and years. And I'm just not like a flowery, girly person. So um, when someone came up with the name Glitter Gang, I wasn't going to be negative though and I think it is a lot of fun. So it was started by six South Australian girls um, who who just have all loved drifting and all have very different backgrounds. That's been our mutual connection. We probably wouldn't have met otherwise because we're from totally different worlds and we all live in different parts of South Australia, uh, mm. but we've become best friends. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and, so, and so, yeah. Go. Um, no, go. I can't remember what I was going to say. Here you go. <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to say, so do you also um, practice together um, and, and, you know, coach each other and things like that? Is there a bit of cohesion uh, within the group? Yeah, there's a lot of um, moral support as well as uh, driving support. So um, it's been actually rare to have the six core group of us drive together just because of car issues. Unfortunately, <laughs> cars do break and they're very expensive. So This Friday, we're really excited because all six of the core group are driving along with the the 20 plus. Um, But so when we haven't all been driving, we jump in as passengers with each other and um, give each other support and tips. And so last event, it was a two day event. And on the Sunday, we were all so tired and we were being really harsh on ourselves. I remember saying, I'm just going to drive slowly because I'm tired and I'm making mistakes, not doing well. And my friend jumped in the car with me and she's like, oh, I feel the same. And, and, And we we adapted to each other's styles and then she went out and drove really well. So that moral support of we, we can't always drive amazingly, like there'll be good and bad laps and also tiredness really does affect your ability to drift. It's such a technical thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, what, what, what sort of, um, uh, how can I say, do, do you feel like it's, it's important, on, on which levels is it important to, to be able to interact with people from the same gender in, in your area? Like you said, mental support, but also do you think they, they can relate some sort of the way you approach drifting because maybe there's different ways to approach the, the discipline? Yeah, I definitely think it's almost like a communication barrier when it becomes males versus females in the sport. Like when I've had um, males try and teach me things, like they say things really technically and uh, lots of steps and I'm like, I don't think that way. And then some of my female friends jump in and they just say one simple thing in something I can understand. I'm like, why didn't that person say that? And I've seen the same when I've tried to teach people to drift. It's like I get in with a female who's had 10 men in the car with her and she couldn't get it and I've just said the right thing so um yeah I think we just we're wired differently and (laughs) uh like I said when I was watching men do it years and years ago it just seemed like such a difficult thing to do and um now to be able to go 150 kilometers sideways without even blinking is just an amazing feeling 
That's great. I was asking this question because, well, you know it. I don't know if the audience knows it, but I come from a um, um, racing freestyle drone background. And I've noticed some, some similarities of in the way of our brains thinks a bit differently. Um, and a lot of uh, female pilot mm. that I have interacted with online for a long time, they also thought they were not good enough to start sharing their footage. They were waiting to uh i don't know i don't know what they were waiting for because in my opinion they were already quite good you know they were able to go where they wanted which is what matters with drone racing <laughs> and they were like yeah but i think uh, i can't share that just yet and on the same I mean, as a comparison, I had uh, male friends who had just started the hobby and they were doing like zigzag and flip flops and they were putting it on YouTube, you know, and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's interesting how this psychology works. Um, there's definitely lots of confidence on the male uh, side. I'm not saying uh, female are not confident at all, but it's a different um, it's a different way of seeing the discipline when it comes to FPV drones. So my next question is, um, do you feel like there's a bit of, um, not lack of confidence, but the female might always think they're not doing enough in, in drift or that doesn't work like this? I definitely agree with that. Um, but I also think we're just more vulnerable naturally. So um, what was a really touching moment is one of the people who actually introduced me to drift, he was in the top eight of our um, competition on the weekend. And he said, I've been doing this for 20 years, Renee, and I'm still uh, nervous a week before the event. Mm. And I thought that was amazing. I'd never heard that vulnerability, but to have someone who in my head is just like a, the, one of the best drivers out there to, to have that vulnerability of be, I still get nervous was the first time I'd heard that and really relatable. So I think females, we're just more vulnerable and we're going to be more um, critical of ourselves and more open about some of the concerns we have, whereas maybe men are just faking it till they make it. Yeah. Do you think that could add some stress for them? Maybe it would be beneficial for them to be a little bit more, oh, geez, tell their friends, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling up for it tonight or something like that. <laughs> I don't think we can change men. Gonna, <laughs> men are going to be men as females. Like, what is that? Women are from, uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. <laughs> Yes, that's very true. <laughs> well, coming back a little bit to um, to you, um, what motorsports project are you currently running? And even in the past, which one have you run that are now over? Just to see a bit the scope of things that you're doing. Well, I haven't actually been that involved in motorsport my whole entire life. I had never been to like a Formula One race or any of that, that sort of sport. Um, but drifting, I'm part of the volunteer organization, Drifting SA. So um, without the volunteers, we wouldn't be running any drifting events in South Australia. So I think Victoria, for example, have some for-profit groups that keep it re and it's great that they're able to make a business out of it. But Drifting SA really relies on people donating their time and efforts to put together what I consider world-class events. We have a great live stream. We have amazing drivers. They are literally driving on each other's doors. Um, we just don't have huge money and huge prize money. But um, yeah, that's we run about 10 events a year. Some of them are competitions, some of them are drift schools. So drift schools are where people can bring their own car or hire a car to learn to drift. Uh, we usually get about 25 participants each event and it's amazing seeing them progress into competition. Um, and we also have lots of people coming from interstate to our events too. So that's a great way to meet people like yourself um, <laughs> uh, who come over for our events. So 
Um, that takes up a big part of my extracurricular time. It's certainly not my day job. Uh, I've been also helping now organize all ladies day events because of my knowledge of Drifting SA. And then um, I also do some charity car shows, which are all Japan day. Um, and that we get about now 700 cars that come together every year just to, to have a static display and raise money for charity. So uh, anything that involves cars and I can help in some way, I'm always happy to help. That's awesome. I know you're a busy person because even to schedule this episode, I was like, can you do this? You're like, no, I have the, the girl's day. And then, oh, no, actually, I have this one. I'm like, ah, oh, that's okay. How do you manage um, doing all this? Because this is not your job. So for people who would be interested to, to start doing this, uh, you know, to help their own state or how do you organize your schedule? Well, I'm one of those people that the more you give me, the more productive I am. If I have nothing to do, I actually slow down. So mm. um, I'm a serial multitasker. <laughs> but the way I got involved was I went to an event and because I'm a serial multitasker, I remember watching and asking Stewie, who you know, do you need any help with these sort of things? And so I, I would go to the events and shadow and watch what was happening and eventually got so advanced that I could run it. But I think just putting your hand up and saying, can I learn and can I help some way is a great way to get involved. Um, and it's become like my family. Like we have an end of year Christmas party, which is our volunteers as well as our club members. And there's you know, a hundred of them and they feel like my family now. Because mm. sometimes you, you don't only just do South Australia, you travel to Melbourne, Victoria to help uh, event people as well <laughs> is that correct yes oh hopefully I was a help it was very cold at the last keep it re event I attended and very rainy and so I don't know if you saw on the live stream I actually stole well I borrowed <laughs> someone's golf buggy oh, no. um, and so you can just see me running around <laughs> trying to drift a golf buggy because it was so wet so I do hope to come back in warmer weather. I admit I was a bit soft going, what is this horrible Melbourne weather? Mm. Have you ever um, have you ever run an event and also competed the same day? Um, I drive them. I haven't competed. Stewie has tried to run an event and compete, and that was quite interesting because the world stopped while he was driving. It's like no one knew what to do. Mm. Um, I was, yeah, uh, so... My goal next year is to hopefully have a car that is suitable to compete and also have trained up enough people to do the jobs I do at an event so I could compete. But things like last weekend, um, I drove for half an hour and then I raced out of the car and I had to do some live stream interviews. So I did them with my helmet hair and then I wanted to drive again. So I raced back in the car. Then it was time to start getting the competition ready. So I guess I just have to be tactical about when I'm driving. But you often find me with like radios in my car and people going, Res Renee, we need her. Oh, she's on the track. <laughs> and one funny time, um, I must have had a radio stuck under my seat because I actually drove lots of laps of drifting with the radio jammed on. Oh. So they're hailing me down going, do you have radio in your car? All we can hear over the radio is drifting. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm going around again. And they're like, do you have a second radio in your car? I've somehow got two. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> you so had two radios. I'm banned from taking radios in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just bad because if something had happened, no one could communicate because I'd jam the signal. Ah, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> so, in general, whether it's uh, organizing events or uh, while well, driving during them, what do you think um, is your favorite part, or what what do you prefer doing in in general in during these events, whether as an organizer or as a driver? 
I think I like doing both. So it's a lot of work to organize an event beforehand and afterwards that people think you just rock up and make things happen. But I've got a lot of administrative and organizational stuff I have to do before and after an event. Um, So to see it come to fruition after all that work is wonderful, but then it's a great reward to also be able to drive it. So I wouldn't choose one or the other. I know that if I was just organizing events and not driving, I'd probably get a bit of FOMO, fear of missing out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then if I was just driving, I, I know how much my contribution has advanced drifting in South Australia and I would not want the sport to be lesser than it is because... Um, I know it relies on volunteers like myself, so I wouldn't give up the organising side if just to drive. I'm always happy to help. Yeah. Is it hard to find volunteers? It's hard to find volunteers that have the right mindset because it is a it's a very quick thinking sport. Um, there's a lot of safety side of it too. That's not something that people just know straight away. But then also for competition, it's a forward planning proactive pace Um, I always have to be two steps ahead I always have millions of things on the go so that's really hard to teach people Um, but we have some great volunteers who have have learned so much over the years and and for example unfortunately my dog got sick at the last the the second to last competition Mm -hmm. and that was really nervous leaving that competition to go to to be with my dog but um, they all rallied together and and made things happen but they did say please come back they don't leave again (laughs) (laughs) oh um but yeah it's it's a it's it's a behind the scenes there's a a lot of things people just don't realize are happening to make it look like a seamless experience especially on the live stream so people aren't going why is there no drifting happening oh yeah do you want to 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 talk a bit about this actually the thing that people might not know if they just attend an event as a spectator or watching a live stream what's actually going on behind the scene so it's a judged motorsport and our system is a scoring system so there's usually three judges um, putting in scores for different battles there's a lead and a chase car and um those those scores have to be calculated and then someone has to relay those results to the drivers so they know who they're up against next and i think that's the hardest part because you often find that a driver's gone to the toilet they have no wheels on their car so i'm running around (laughs) going get in your cars go line up um yeah i think they don't understand like how the drivers end up on track they don't just magically appear uh and what else would people not understand about drift that's a good question <laughs> i think the judge part is the a huge thing because it's like it's not about speed people will think something looks good but it actually wasn't good to the judge's mind so they're judged about their proximity to each other their speed and their line but if the lead car um is you know doing one thing and the chase car is just driving straight to try and get close to them they've sacrificed that angle and line so they don't get as many points. So trying to yeah. explain that to people because they're like, oh, that car looks like it won. It's it's not how it, it goes in drift. <laughs> That's actually a good point. You know, it's funny because we started this episode you and I knowing what drift is <laughs> probably you more than me sometimes <laughs> I mean like uh, I think I understand but um, but we forgot to explain what drift consists in in case some people <laughs> are listening so if you had to uh, yeah don't can know you what edit it, it and put <laughs> <laughs> and put it you at the start. You might have to edit it and put it at the start. All right, insert here. <laughs> this is the introduction of drift. What is drift? Yes. Um, 
Yeah, drift is such a foreign feeling. I, I, I find it hilarious where people are like, that looks dangerous, but you really can't get to the level of drift that competition drivers are doing without lots of practice and the technical skills. So it's that getting used to the rear end of your car sliding out on you and controlling that. And there's so many, what I love is there's so many different ways to drift. So a lot of people learn through just ripping the handbrake, turning the wheel and, you know, spinning out a bit. Um, Other people use clutch kicks or Mm -hmm. what's hardest is a weight transfer, which is just like unsettling the rear of the car. And so Mm -hmm. there's so, every time I jump in a car with someone, they drift different to me. And I find that fascinating. Um, yeah and so all the different cars that you can use too obviously they have to be real drive but there's lots of japanese cars you're seeing more holdens and fords now someone just won our competition um the level two drivers in a ford wagon which is this <laughs> big wow. big wagon so i love the diversity of the cars that you can use um people are using 500 dollars cars but then you can also spend two hundred thousand dollars um yeah so it's it's a diverse motorsport young and old people do it i say old sorry but stewie's dad does it which is impressive i think he's Ooh. in his 60s now wow. um and then people coming up in 14 on their simulators and then progressing to be drivers as well we've, we've seen a really impressive western australian driver come over i think he's 20 now but he has been winning competitions since he was 16 apparently so wow. yeah it's a it's a diverse technical and fun motorsport yeah it looks to me from an external point of view it's similar in many ways to the um, racing drone community i feel like it's full of nerds but in a good way i love nerds <laughs> do you agree with that i don't think i know enough about the train i i'm trying to think of I know that steering something in the air has always felt unnatural and I think driving drifting feels unnatural you're going against your brain like you want to catch the steering wheel because you're out of but you need to do something called counter steering so I think anything that is yeah obviously a bit unnatural for your brain seems to be attract the nerds you're right whereas anyone can drive fast in a straight line <laughs> that's correct well I'm adding more questions to the list that I that I had made, you know, and that you already um, had read. Um, but because we're talking about something a bit unnatural indeed, or like counterintuitive, how did you specifically learn to drift? What was your process? Did you learn with different people? Like, how did you actually learn? It was really hard. So I started in my street car, my Nissan 200SX, and I was really bad. So I went out to a Malala track day and just got used to going fast and letting the rear end slide out a bit. Then I finally went to a drift school, but the drift school break, you start with doing basic things like a donut. Mm-hmm. And I could not get that. I would spin out. So basically you sit there next to a cone, you build the revs, drop the clutch, do a little turn of the wheel, and you're meant to be able to hold a, a hold a donut. But I just kept spinning out. Mm-hmm. And I had five different people jump in the car with me. I was getting really hot and flustered. Um, and it wasn't until the end of the day, someone said, I think your car is open wheeling, meaning one wheel spinning on oh. me. And that, that doesn't help you yeah. at all. So, but it t- took five people to say, well, your car's not helping you. So I went and got my diff sorted. And again, I still, it, it still took me ages. It's just like that seat time thing. They say mm. it just takes practice. But the moment it clicked, I remember really vividly because drifting is all about balancing the steering and the throttle. And 
I was had borrowed Stewie's car, which is now my car. I'd borrowed Stewie's car on the wet skid pan, and I was still trying to do that donut thing. And someone said the word feather. I'm like, what feather? <laughs> they wanted me to feather the throttle, mm. but that terminology just suddenly clicked in, and I was suddenly able to feather it. Meaning, if because if you accelerate too much when you're trying to do a donut, you spin out. If you don't accelerate enough, your car doesn't get sideways. So it's that perfect balancing act and that perfect feathering action that suddenly I had. Um, so I think it took me a bit longer than some because I really needed that word. Um, and then from then on though, I bought Stewie's car, which was really well set up. So I found it more forgiving. Like I could go around a corner and throw too much angle and the car would catch itself. Whereas a lot of people in basic cars would just spin out. So mm. I quickly was able to advance because of that car setup. But yeah, everyone who's given me advice has always said it's about seat time. So um, I also found every time I drifted, I'd get better and then worse throughout the day. And I say that to everybody. It's like you've got brain overloads. Mm. So don't be harsh on yourself because it's muscle memory. You're going to come back to the next event and you're going to actually be better again. So um, yeah, it is a sport that I think I see a lot of people going, wow, this is hard. I'm not getting it. But then the next time they're great. Yeah, it's it's uh, important to note as well because I'm always comparing to how I uh, started flying drones and how um, less, much less expensive it is to fly drones and even uh, practice on simulator. A simulator for us, you just need a computer with a screen and the radio you actually use to fly and a software and that's it. So I was always thinking, oh my God, it seems so much harder to try to practice in between events um, for drift drivers because if you want a simulator, it, it costs a horrendous amount of money as well. And it's also not easy to build. So um, how, how do you think, uh, what advice would you give to people to I don't know, keep that muscle memory in between events. Is that even possible to do? Um, I do see a lot of people buying simulators for that purpose. But for me, I've actually found simulators really hard because they don't feel anything like a, a car to me. They don't feel natural. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I'm choking on nothing. <coughs> <laughs> Just dying, everyone. <laughs> okay. Um, they don't, so when we talk about simulators, don't feel like a car. Yes. Anyway. Um, but also I see a lot of the advanced drivers, it's really helping them refine their chasing skills. So they're learning how to get really close to people from being on these simulators. Mm -hmm. I, I get out maybe every two months mm -hmm. or once a month if I'm lucky, but I've also mm -hmm. seen people who haven't been out for a year or two and it just comes back to them. So wow. I know we must have longer muscle memory than we think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But a simulator is a great way to practice certain skills. So I totally agree with that. Just it's not for me, especially the ones with the headsets, the virtual reality headsets. I think I thought I was going to vomit after about two minutes. <laughs> I cannot do. I cannot do anything that is, um, like you said, 3D with uh, goggles. Which is funny because we fly drones with goggles, but it just feels different. The real life is works better in my brain than anything you know fake fake environment so i totally understand <laughs> that you might have been sick um what inspire uh, i mean sorry who inspires you or what actually inspires you and and motivates you um in in these sports to just keep going uh and and doing what you're doing um that's a good question 
<laughs> it's a yeah. I it's the adrenaline definitely keeps me going, but I think as long as I'm learning something different every time, which you totally can with drift. Um, like I went from doing these really lazy drift entries to suddenly doing great scandos. So they're like a flick into a corner. Um, I remember when Stewie showed me how to do them, he thought I wouldn't be able to pull it off because I flicked really hard to the left and then I caught it and he was like, oh, wow, she actually caught that. (laughs) So I think it's that progression is what's keeping me motivated. And I think there's endless possibilities Like you see people who've been driving for 20 years, but they're, they're learning now to be able to touch other cars without crashing into them or they're learning different layouts and corners. There's so much possibility with drift. It's never just the same track, the same corner, the same drivers. So that definitely motivates me Mm. in terms of any people. I don't know. I've never been a person that looks up to people because I feel that means I'm going to compare. So I just admire resilience. I admire people who don't let bad stuff bring them down. Like it sucks when your car breaks. It sucks when you get crashed into or something happens. But to keep going and keep trying, I really admire that. Yeah, you have to in this in <laughs> in this discipline. I feel like exactly what you said earlier. That it's so often that something breaks and then it gets in the way of you even driving a full event. Actually, how do you deal <laughs> yourself with the frustration of something breaking? <laughs> I apparently was very lucky for the first three. I'm choking again. <coughs> I hope you can edit this out, otherwise it seem like I'm <laughs> dying. <a dead> person. <laughs> It's like dust going in my throat. <laughs> That's okay. Um, what was the question? <laughs> that was uh, how do you how do you manage your frustration question? when um, when things break on you? Oh, that's right. And I was saying I was really lucky for the last three or so years. I had a very reliable car. In fact, I would sometimes forget to open the bonnet, and I'd be like, "Oh no, have I checked the oil?" Um, last few events, I have been really unlucky. So there was one event where my partner was not there to support me and he has built the car. And so um, that was a little bit nerve wracking because there's lots of things I don't understand the way he's done it. So every time my car broke, it was so heartwarming when people would just come together, people I barely knew, to have a look, fix it. Especially with running an event, I was walking off and I'd see five people under my car fixing whatever it was, that power steering line or um, I can't remember what other things broke. (laughs) Uh, And they're like, off you go. Like, it's just such a supportive community and I'm so blessed for that. Um, Same thing with last weekend. It was an 8.5 hour um, track day and my car broke in the first five minutes. And someone just happened to come along after 20 people looked at the car eight hours later and wiggled the right wire and the car worked again and so same thing let's go out like I just yeah I love that it's almost like a cheerleader sport in the fact that everyone is genuinely supporting and wanting the best for each other and um yeah I'm really lucky it's not a, a clicky sport whatsoever it's it's what keeps me going in it yeah it's very true for having witnessed that even you know people you're going to battle later uh actually like what are you missing you know which which part are you missing if they can help they help you and um that's very nice (laughs) i know yeah it's just and i I think when i explain that to people sometimes they just don't get it but um when they join the community after being outside of it they're like wow this is just yeah they've never seen anything like it before Hmm. Um, I, 
I had a question that popped up in my mind while you were talking. Um, in the FPV community, you know, it's also a male-dominated um, hobby, the FPV uh, first-person view uh, drone community for people who are not familiar with <laughs> the word. Um, and it's definitely a lot better these days, I would say. But when I started, there, there was a lot of expectations on any pilot, any gender. You were expected to be really good at building the drone because, uh, you know, we build our drones ourselves, like we solder everything, we uh, program, we tune. Um, obviously, that's easier than with a car, I would assume, but <laughs> we still have to do this. And then there's the expectation, obviously, of flying or, or racing properly. Um, and I felt at the time, because there were less women in the hobby, we were a bit scrutinized, you know, and it was really important that we were the ones building our drones, you know, like if we had a boyfriend and if he was building our drone, it was a bit like looked negatively at like people would be like oh she doesn't even build her drone i feel like now it's better um but just that to say that at the time there were also people uh from the other like who were male and didn't build their drones a friend helped them build it or they bought it already built and then when it was broken they would just bring bring it to a shop to get it fixed <laughs> and there was less uh criticism i was wondering is there anything similar that you ever felt in the drift community or is it better in general and more tolerant yeah i haven't heard anyone expecting females to have built their own cars obviously they think it's great if a female has been involved in their build but i haven't heard any commentary about otherwise um and i think the only time i hear like people saying anything about anyone's builds it's like when they know they've made shortcuts so it doesn't mm. matter what gender it's like well why did you put a, a I don't even have an example, but you know, when people just, their car breaks and then they whinge about it and it's because they've not taken the advice of millions of people and they've, they've shortcutted it. Yeah. So, um, no, I'm great. Glad there's no judgment there. And I definitely know there's limitations for me, um, as a weak female, like I admit that <laughs> I get men to lift my 20 liter jerry cans in. I have now bought a fuel siphon so that I don't have to get men to that, but <laughs> The a part of me is like, oh, I wish I could do that myself. I feel so silly. I'm like, well, whatever. I can't physically lift it above my body. So, yeah. hello, please help me. <laughs> um, and, yeah, changing my own wheels. Like you, I look so awkward. I get under the whole wheel and use my whole body. And mm -hmm. um, But I've just never heard anyone making fun of us as females, which I really appreciate because, you know, if anyone is going to feel judged in a sport, that's not going to encourage them to come back. Um I think it could have been like that a long time ago, but that's where I think such a f strong female community has really helped. We we are all there supporting the guys as well, and so they support us back. That's awesome. Because that's only when I started um, dating uh, my partner that, you know, who's drifting, that I realized, why are we putting so much pressure, not just on female in my own hobby, but everybody to be able to do literally everything, you know, build the drone, tune the drone, fly the drone. Because uh, I realized that in drift, you know, sometimes people don't tune their car, they take it to someone who knows how to tune, or um, they needed to change some parts in it, but they don't do it themselves, they can ask a friend to do it. <laughs> and I was like, this seems a lot more natural, because it's hard to be good at everything. And also, it's hard to be interested in everything. Personally, I 
can build drones, but it doesn't matter that I love doing it. I prefer flying. And on the other side, I have friends who love building their drones and fine tuning it. And then the flying is good, but they, they lack the first, you know, the preparatory, the, the first phase of it. So um, I definitely realized, thanks to Drift, that it's okay. You don't have to be an expert. <laughs> and I hope that it's going to happen in my hobby, that people will chill and relax and be like, okay, you don't have to do every single thing. <laughs> um, I really like the fact that you said you support the men and so they support you back. I feel like it's it must be a great feeling uh, to be less intimidated the first time you join um, the sport. Yeah, it's crazy because I do remember when I first started being like, I don't want anyone to watch me. That is, was my biggest fear, mm. you know, looking silly. And then when you actually got amongst it and saw how supportive you they were, there was no fear of that anymore. No fear of looking silly. Like everyone, because they're like, we were that person. Um, so everyone starts in the same place, you know, both genders. So yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like if you had questions on how to improve, how to upgrade the car, the community was supportive towards you as well? Yes. So a great example is that wiring issue that I had on Saturday. Um, I had a friend come out the next morning to the track and he's like, we're just going to solve it. So <laughs> my car has been totally re or new wiring loom, new ECU, and it's about to go in for a tune on Monday. It's probably the quickest turnaround ever. <laughs> Um, just to get that reliability back. And I couldn't believe that that support and spring to action. Um, but what was the question? Oh, more like the if, question? Um, God, need more coffee. <laughs> have your sip, have your sip. <laughs> um, I was just asking in general, when, when you, let's say beginners uh, enter the, the community, is it easy for them to ask questions, um, uh, you know, either on, oh, on the yes, driving? Yeah. yeah. And I love that there's like Facebook groups so people can ask advice and, and the, there's so much support that springs out there. Um, different workshops are happy to help on the day. Dip, yeah, I, it's a very welcoming sport. Um, I loved that we had a girl and her partner come into drift schools and they obviously just quickly felt like it was a safe space because he actually ended up proposing at the drift school to her. <laughs> oh, not wow. the first one, a couple of in. Um, and now it's like their world. But I love that. Like, it, yeah, it, I just love seeing people new co come into it, be welcomed and find it addictive. Yeah, that's awesome. So that leads me to another question. If, if people and especially more women want to be involved in, in that community in South Australia or in Australia in general, um, how can they reach out to the existing community and how can they start driving? So as far as I know, there is a drift organisation in every state of Australia. I'm not sure about ACT actually, but you know, there's Victoria, there's um, WA, there's Queensland groups, there's even NT groups, there's Tassie groups, and they all offer some sort of beginner day. So that would be where I'm pitching something, hopefully on a wet skid pan or a wet track, because that means you'll use no tyres, it's really easy to get the car sliding and it's a great place to learn. Um, I would always just go to those groups and ask if there's any specific car requirements. But usually when it's that low speed learner stuff, you could use a street car and just as long as you've got a lock diff. So it's not like you have to spend heaps of money to give it a go and see if you'll like it. Some organisations also offer cars you can hire. So that way you can see if that's some, it's something you want to do. Um, and it's when you get more experience, you have to invest in things like a roll cage and, and other more advanced modifications to your car. But I think it can be a really 
um, accessible sport at the start, you've just got to be prepared to give it a go and be prepared to not be wonderful at first because everyone starts off spinning out. Yeah. Do you think it's one of the most accessible motorsports discipline of all of them that are available in Australia? I honestly, like I said, don't know that much about motorsport. I mean, I see that XL racing, which is Mm -hmm. those little Hyundai XLs. Surely that doesn't cost that much. But I mean, I guess the fact that someone can rock up with their $500 Ford Falcon streetcar means it is accessible. (laughs) It is accessible. Um, Yes. Uh, well, that's that's good to know um, uh, for, you know, if, if we have people who are like, oh, what is drift? And they discover it during the episode because, you know, they might not know. <laughs> you know that the FPV community loves drift just because we can chase cars with our drones and we love doing that around the track. <laughs> yes, I haven't been involved in much of that at drift, but we did have some um, a drone come and follow us in the end. I was like, what's that buzzing behind us? <laughs> but the footage was amazing because I didn't realize like, how high up they can go and get the amazing aerial footage like it's very spectacular um yeah so hopefully you'll be able to come to some of our events I hope so. I have the right equipment now as well because, you know, it's a bit like cars, like sometimes some drones are not ready to to chase cars, especially drift cars, because it's a lot of there's a lot of speed and then you you lose a bit of speed when you start drifting. So the drone needs to be reactive enough to adapt to those conditions. But I have the right equipment now. So maybe one day (laughs) I'll be able to chase you in South Australia. I would love to um, to chase the the older woman. You know, all the women drivers would be great to um, to do some collaboration like this. <laughs> yes. Well, like I said, we're going to keep hosting at least two events a year. Uh, we would love to, as we get to know more women around Australia, mm. take it on the road. But it depends. Like if there's only two women in every state, we hope there'll be more. Um, then that might be a little bit. But I haven't actually drifted out of South Australia yet. I've been to lots of the tracks, but I haven't taken a car. So that's one of my goals is to get and experience more of the different tracks in Australia. Though I know we're very lucky at the bend. Like it's just such an interesting, different layout track. I never get bored of it, but yeah, yeah. can't wait to travel. Yeah. So that's part of uh, the question I was going to ask. Like what, what would you like to see coming for you in the future? What do you have any goals, any plans in general? I, yes, I have already answered I think traveling with drift is something now I'm really interested in. Um, just because I love meeting new people and seeing the different scenes that like everything's slightly different, like keep it right, do things a little bit different, but I love what they do. Um, I went out to Archie just before it closed in Queensland and my mind was blown. That was like a totally different world. Um, again, it, there's the similarities of people being really welcoming are there though. So yeah. Yeah. Do you have any track that you have seen beside the band, um, uh, like you said, and you haven't drifted yet and you're like, oh, I can't wait to try this one? I think I just want to try them all. <laughs> I, there's not one specifically because, again, I know that we're really lucky with the bands. Like Rayleigh looks interesting. Calder Park with all its walls looks a bit scary. <laughs> um, but I think I'd like to just give them a go. If only Australia was a bit smaller and it was easier to get cars places because um, towing for a long trip is not fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, cool. Well, you know, um, that was good for, I think, a first episode of, about drift and, and women in motorsports. Um, I'm really glad you joined today. 
Yeah, I hope we haven't bored anybody <laughs> with all the technical drift stuff. Like it's, sometimes it's like, what are you talking about? But I think if people go and watch drift, like it is really impressive. I just can't believe how close we can get to each other without crashing into each other. So that's my personal goal is now I'm obsessed with not crashing into people, <laughs> getting really close and just copying what they're doing and not hitting them. So yeah, definitely worth checking out drift. Oh, and so probably something that nobody a lot of people don't know is it's a passenger sport meaning you can go in the car with people for like an adrenaline ride so when as long as it's not a competition you can go for passenger rides and that is such a thrill yeah it is and i have a lot of friends now around melbourne who are not in the in in the scene but they know that my partner's drive drives and then they're like oh can he please take me on the track one day and I'm like yeah yeah so I have like a waiting list now of people who want to go in his car but his car is in South Australia <laughs> so I'm like uh, it's not tomorrow <laughs> um, so uh, to finish uh, on, on that episode before we you know we turn off <laughs> do you have any advice for generic advice for people who would like to um, just start driving so not really uh, we already said where they can reach out and where they can find you know places and groups of people to drive with but um, any advice in general of, for people who would be interested into starting driving get over those internal excuses <laughs> It was actually a Victorian gentleman called Chris DeJager who spent five hours shutting down all my excuses for driving. Who cares if you damage your car? You can fix that. Who cares if you look silly? Who cares if this happens? Just if you've got to stop with the excuses, if you are interested, just make it happen because my life would be totally different if I hadn't tried drift. It would be so boring. I'm so glad I did. My life is for the better. And I think that goes for anything you're wondering about doing. If you've just if you've thought about it stop with the excuses and just make it happen that's awesome i love it um <laughs> uh, well thanks renee for today um if people want to reach out or to find out more information do you have specific at least in australia website or uh facebook groups or instagram accounts you want to show to shout out as well um, yes, so Drifting SA is one organisation I mentioned, as well as Glitter Gang Drift Ladies, and they can both be found on Facebook, Instagram, and websites, which are just driftingsa.com.au and glittergangdriftclub.com. Don't quote me on that. You'll find it. Yeah. Look for the pink glittery logo. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Well, thanks so much for coming and sharing your knowledge and your personal um, you know, journey in, in, in drift and motorsport. Uh, that was very, very interesting and i'm glad that you know i was able to ask specific questions that i have actually never asked you in real life <laughs> yes and i'm glad we didn't rehearse this it had to be natural but thank you so much for having me and i look forward to seeing more of you at our events hopefully soon with your drone as well <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> and thanks everybody for listening today uh if you want to support the podcast you know you can uh, share it with your friends or people who think uh, who you think are interested in the topics we're talking on this podcast um, and give us some good ratings on uh, the apps we're available on all podcast apps so that's something <laughs> and uh yeah uh, take care of yourself and we will hear about you in about a month's time thank you and bye Thank you.